Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I am your co-host, Scott Pianowski. And as usual, we are presented by Planters. Those guys who have been satisfying your snack cravings for over 100 years. Uh, Mr. Dalton Daldon is here with me. And Dalton, do you know what's satisfying me today? Tuesday night football. We're taping on a Wednesday. We just had a football on a Tuesday. There's going to be, I believe, a Friday, at least a a Friday game or two later in the year because it falls on Christmas. That means that six of the seven days of the week have been covered. If the NFL could just figure out a Wednesday night football game, we will have, uh, we'll hit for the cycle. You know, football can happen at any time. We, we, we've seen this year. The news cycle has never been more 24-7 than it is right now. And I enjoyed the Tuesday game. I actually think it would be a more sustainable model for the NFL than what they do on Thursdays. Yeah, I get the complaints, but I'm a sicko and I'm with you. The more, the, the better. The more standalone football game I'm in. I know it's not the greatest for sometimes it messes with our workflow and all that. But yeah, I, I'm into these standalone games and I expect there, this to be the new norm, at least for this season. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm in. As always, the odds that we give you on today's handicapping podcast will come from our friends at BetMGM. And they're partnered up with us and they're offering all sorts of Wonderful deals such as you can get a $25 new user bonus upon your registration. There's no deposit required. You can use that bonus immediately. And you also receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 with your first deposit. Go sign up at betmgm.com slash Yahoo. The promo is valid for new users in New Jersey, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado. They're 21 years or older. Terms do apply. So before we get into this whole thing, no Thursday game this week, it's all push back to, to Sunday and Monday and who the heck knows, maybe we'll have a Tuesday game by the end of the week. But I just want to be transparent about one thing. I'm, I'm having a really good fantasy season. I don't think anybody really wants to hear about that, but you know, my team, my seasonals are doing well right now. I'm way ahead of the profit line in my best balls. I'm, I'm in the top 50 or 60 in the fishbowl, which I feel great about my, my 400 pick league is going well, but my handicapping, my, my darts, my staff picks I, under 500. And that eats away at me. Like I cannot explain, you know, we do so many different things. We, we, we give recommendations, we make rankings, we try to help users. We, we do these programs and you're not going to be right on everything, but for some reason, when I get into a handicapping slump, that just eats away at me. Like few things in this game do, uh, how are you doing this year with the picks and, and how do you handle when you kind of get in a funk? I'm pulling up my fantasy pros record on the year, and I'm even, Steven, exactly 500. Uh, so I'm losing money if you're using following all of my picks uh, so far. But um, 
Yeah, I hear you. It can be frustrating, and football can be very frustrating, man. I lost Survivor this last week, and I thought I had the savvy pick with the Chiefs. You know, only 7% had them. Biggest favorites at home. Uh, 14-point favorites nearly. Very annoying. My 49ers season basically ended in one day. I mean, it's very frustrating, all the injuries and then to get blown out at home. And Yeah, I let this stuff bother me, too. I hear you. You have a couple bad weeks against spread. It can affect you. But, dude, this stuff is so hard, and it's such the law. People need to understand you got to look at P&L's record over the last, especially over the last, whatever, five or six. You've been highly impressed in staff picks, but you've been doing this for damn near 20 years, and it takes a big sample. And uh, it is kind of funny and annoying, though, that this is the year we start a, a podcast talking about the gambling picks, and you're saying, you're, you know, whatever, you're not off to your best start, but it happens, man. Yeah, I've never wanted to crush it more than I have on this show. And I, I hope we're giving you stuff you can use, whether it's fantasy tips, whether it's DFS stuff, or heck, if, if you just think we're giving out crummy information, you can fade against us. Fade what, would be, yeah. what would be more valuable to you than if we give you losing picks? You could just fade <laughs> them and, and repeat till rich. But, you know, look, I, I'll... I have a good track record over the long haul, but right now my short haul isn't that great with the picks. So we'll try to get that going. And, uh, you know, you're not going to be right on everything. It's just the way it goes. But um, nobody wants to, I feel like I'm in boiler room. You know, nobody wants to make your money back more than I do. So let's get some straight hat cash Comey going. And let's start it off with the Chicago Bears four and one. Who saw that coming? And the Carolina Panthers three and two. Who saw that coming? Carolina's at home. They're spotting the two and a half over at Bet MGM. The total on the low side, 44 and a half. What do you think of the Bears and Panthers? Uh, less than the field goal. Give me the Panthers. I'm buying in. Robbie Anderson, I'm just so mad at myself for drafting him uh, in every league the last few years and then, then coming away with, with very little this year. Um, yeah, less than a field goal. Uh, Bears have, obviously have the better defense, but now um, they're kind of fraudulent, obviously not as good as a record indicates. So give me the Panthers. I just did the shuffle up for the wide receivers and the lead item was Robbie Anderson and how I always liked him on the Jets. And I wish I had seen this whole idea that, you know, he and Rule were together at Temple and the idea that maybe Anderson would have more connection with some of the Bridgewater skill set than I anticipated. Yeah. And as much as DJ, DJ Moore is a very good player, but I think at this point we have to accept that Anderson's the number one receiver here. No question. I mean, he's bigger in the red zone, but he's also getting the air yards, the targets. Yeah, I think this every week you gotta you gotta rank Anderson higher. And you're right now. I was worried about the Bridgewater, the lack of uh, intended air yards. He's not going to go deep. There's a Samuel hype there, DJ Moore, but man, just freeing from Gates is what I should have been concentrating on more than the other stuff because Robbie Anderson's clearly a very good player. And uh, yeah, no, it's, I'm I'm happy for him, man. He's a stud. I, I'm, I have him ranked super high. I think I have him borderline uh, top twelve wide receiver this week, even in a tough matchup yeah i think he's in the wide receiver one cut line now yeah. and i never thought i'd say this but i'm kind of glad that they're taking their time with christian mccaffrey it sounds like he might miss another week or two because i'm not ready to let go of mike davis so who good. by the way the last three weeks he's the running back one not not one of the running back ones he's number one in fantasy points over the last three weeks at running back crazy so good he's up there in broken tackle percentage and obviously all the targets yeah no he's he's the man it's 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 uh, so, so i buried the lead here i with all this carolina talk i don't believe in the bears at four and one maybe, maybe i don't believe in carolina at three and two either but you know the panthers are have been a top 10 pass defense i know they're getting trampled in the running game but if you're going to be nice. good at something in the nfl be good at pass defense i have to take the carolina spotting less than the three at home that's the only way i could play this game yeah, no, I'm with you. Carolina's defense has not been just a total pushover like many expected. Okay, well, did you miss Detroit? Did you miss Matt Patricia? Did, did you miss um, you know them not playing DeAndre Swift? Well, they're back in 
in action, and they're going to a very struggling Jacksonville Jaguar team that really couldn't get out of its own way in that loss to Houston. The Lions on the road spotting three and a half. The total is 53 and a half. What are you doing with the Lions and Jags? There are weird things in that game, though. A couple missed field goals at James Robinson, weird trick play. So um, this is one that I earmarked as one of my five or so favorite bets of the week. I like uh, Jacksonville getting more than three at home. I think it's going to be a, a fun, high-scoring game for DFS and, and a lot of a lot of points on the board. But get more than a, the field goal at home, a, a decent Jacksonville team. I mean, they're not you know, whatever. They're they're good enough for Patricia Lane more than a field goal on the road. No thanks. I could only take Jacksonville here. And it was frustrating how they littered the field with points. You know, they, they missed a, a short kick. They missed a longer kick. The, that Robinson fourth down play was just dead on arrival. I don't, I don't know, burn that play. Uh, if you want to run it to Robinson, I'm fine with it. But I don't know why they thought they had the acute in a confined space, no less. But Jacksonville had so many secondary injuries. I feel like an idiot for missing out on the whole Brandon Cooks. You know, he was bageled the week before. I know. And then it's he so got unleashed. Against, right? uh, Jackson was missing so much personnel in the secondary, and Houston kind of did whatever they wanted. So you would think, theoretically, that would set up well for a Detroit team that has some good downfield weapons. We like Galladay. We like Hawkinson. You know, Marvin Jones is a quality player. Not a star, maybe, but he's certainly capable. But I could only take Jacksonville in this game. I'm not sure I will put it the give it the dart treatment or you know, make one of my priority plays, but the Jaguars are the only side I could lean on. Here's a game I like, and I've actually already released it as a dart. Like I did last week with the bears. I thought this line is out of whack. I think it's going to adjust. And I wanted to get in on an early, the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, and five that has fired Dan Quinn traveled to Minnesota where the Vikings one and four are three and a half point favorites. But look at what Minnesota's done in the last three weeks. They, they, Took care of uh, business against Houston. Okay, whatever that means to you. They were one play away from beating the Titans, and I think they should have beaten the Seahawks. And the Titans and the Seahawks are good football teams. I think Minnesota is still like a 9-7 and talent-wise team. I, I know the record doesn't say that right now, but I still think they could get back into the mix here. They're going to be without Dalvin Cook, but Alvin, Alexander Madison's a very high-level backup. Three and a half, uh, which is the line right now, it seems out of whack to me. 54 and a half is the total. I think Minnesota is going to be spotting like five or six by game day. Now, curiously enough, Falcons have had money bet on them. They've been like the Sunday money steam in every week of the season. I think this is the week that stops. I don't know if Raheem Morris can get things fixed here, but right now Minnesota to me three and a half is a screaming value. I thought it was six and a half for sure the spread would be. So I'm with you on this one as well. Atlanta's allowed the second most yards per play this season. Matt Ryan just has not looked right. Uh, I don't expect suddenly a fully healthy Julio Jones. Um, so, so yeah, this, this spread surprised me as well. So I'm with Minnesota, you know, without, without Julio, I mean, we all love Calvin Ridley and there's other pieces in this offense that are interesting, but without Julio that just, it just, I feel like it sinks everything. I feel like it's impossible to really trust anybody with, without Ridley, Ridley's the guy I trust, but Matt Ryan went from, Oh, he's a really safe, boring top 12 quarterback to I'm pushing away from Ryan now until I see a healthy Julio. I don't want to go. I thought the Falcons were going to be one of those carnivals. They'll throw the ball a lot. The volume will be really safe for a couple of weeks. That was the story. Hard to believe. Other. They, weren't they favored against Seattle in week one? It's just hard to believe that was something that happened at once. Or maybe Seattle was just like a tiny favorite. But I just don't trust this offense right now. Other than Ridley, I mean, you might have to play Gurley just because he gets volume. He might fall into the end zone. I, I know he had a big game last week in, in a quality matchup against that Panthers rushing defense, but I'm worried that this is like a lookout below three and 13 season. 
Yeah, no, I thought it was the savvy side, and I was on Atlanta last week. It just felt dumb. They're just a bad team. I thought Russell Gage would remain plenty involved in PPR leagues, especially with Julio out. I thought Hayden Hurst would be borderline top five fantasy tight end this year. Just has gone all wrong. I mean, they were getting, remember, two offensive linemen they had taken uh, the year before in the first round, but they all suffered season-ending injuries. So I thought they were, like, getting two first-rounders back as well, and they had suffered some bad luck last year. But, um Man, it looks bleak in Atlanta. Yeah, I'm, it, uh, yeah, I'm not expecting a sudden turnaround. Man, they're the draft capital team. I mean, they were putting out an offense where all 11 players were first-round picks, which sounds wow, really nice, but it, right. it hasn't added up to a lot of great value. Of course, injuries, missing Julio is a huge part of that. Sounds like we're both on the Vikings. Houston Texans finally in the wing column. Of course, first game without Bill O'Brien. Now they go to Tennessee, and I'm very impressed with the Titans team. I had no idea what to expect with with all the COVID situation. Were they practicing? Were they not practicing? Were they, you know, mm-hmm. do they lead the league in Zoom communication? Maybe these guys just telecommute like no other team. But I thought they were really impressive Tuesday night against the Buffalo team that I think everybody respects. Titans right now are only favored by three. That looks kind of low to me. I don't know if that line's going to be on the way up. Total is 53 and a half. What are you doing with the Texans and Titans? Yeah, so when I sent this in to Stat Picks uh, last night, I wrote Texans because I thought the line was like five and a half or whatever. This is surprising to me. This line, I think they're overrating uh, the short week for the Titans. And at three, I would change my pick and I would say I would lean Titans here. They're a really good team that just won those two really impressive road games in the playoffs, uh, had a double-digit lead in Kansas City in the championship game, and have not done nothing but win games this year. So, uh, yeah, if, it, if that stays at three, I actually like them. Yeah, I, I can't see how you would go away from that. I, I wonder, let's make sure, I'm going to double check. I'm seeing three and a half in the Yahoo app. It's, it feels like that number should be a lot higher. Yeah, I saw some online um, odds. And I, and I'm not sure if you can bet on this at BetMGM because they do offer a lot of exotic plays you can make. They're speculating on who would be the new Falcons coach. And I think eventually Arthur Smith, who was not on the list of coaches they were speculating on, I think – this is going to be the last year he's with the Titans. Just like Dable is doing a great job with the Bills, I think he's probably going to get hired. Eric Bieniemy has been a hot yeah. candidate for a while. Who's the no longer Robert Salah? And sorry to interrupt you, but the Niners is such a funny thing. That guy went from Robert Salah went from nearly getting fired to Shanahan staying, uh, going to his back big time, big time to top of the list of all head coaching jobs. But it's tougher to get a job when you go all the way to Super Bowl. To now he might get fired again, and he's at the bottom of the list. Sorry to interrupt you, but it's just crazy how different. Uh, injuries can make someone going from you know, a, a, a hot head coaching candidate to possibly losing your job outright. So. How could, yeah, how could they hire, how could they fault Salah for all the injuries they've had too? And, and it's one thing just to have guys get hurt, but they've had primary defenders. You know, Bosa might be one of the five best defensive players in the league. He's a guy who could win defensive player of the year one year. So I, I don't know how you hold that against him. And Tennessee, it, it was just nice to have Johnny Smith back in my life. He was one of my favorite sleeper tight ends or your value tight ends. I guess people knew about them, but people were worried about, well, is the volume going to be there? How much is Tannehill going to throw the ball? The Titans for the last year and a half have been, ever since they made that switch to Tannehill, I guess it's more like a calendar year. Their touchdown efficiency is unbelievable. When they can sniff the end zone, they get seven. It's it's mind-blowing. Yeah, and all that play action they run, and it helps having the big dog. You know, I was just thinking that watching the game, you know, it's like everyone's calling for regression in the red zone. You know what? It helps having uh, Derrick Henry as your running back down. I know he has not gotten off so far. He actually left the field quite a bit uh, last night as well, but um, still. They're to- yeah, I know. What do we make of the head coach there? It seems like he's made some some weird decisions on the field, but clearly Vrabel has his team prepared and they like him. So, I mean, I think at this point we have to consider him, you know, a very good NFL head coach with the results. And perhaps for the first time all year, it seemed like they had a healthy A.J. 
Brown in that Bills game. Yeah. So that's bad news for the rest of the NFL. Let's let's take advantage of the Titans at this short number. NFC East, you know, fill in your own joke here. Every every team has problems. The Washington football team is going to play the New York Giants this week. The Giants are spotting two and a half. Totals very low in, in today's NFL at 42 and a half. But, you know, the Giants have shown signs of life. They easily could have beaten the Rams two weeks ago. You could argue they probably should have beaten Dallas last week. What are you doing with Washington and the Giants? My original instinct was, of course, just take uh, the, the home Giants here. No one's going to want them less than a field goal. But I, I've switched it up, and I'm taking Washington. Their defense is the best unit here. And I think Kyle Allen's going to play and be competent enough, and he's going to look like a big upgrade over Haskins and Alex Smith. And I don't love it. The Giants are not a doormat defensively at all. I could see this going either way. But I actually sided with football team. Yeah, I'm going with the football team, too, because the, the one unit I feel the best about, one specific unit is the Washington pass rush. And we know Daniel Jones is, is known for bad decisions. He's known for fumbles, taking sacks, throwing interceptions. And, I, you know, I don't think Kyle, Kyle Allen's a long-term solution, but I think he knows the offense and can be more efficient than Haskins. And as great as the Alex Smith story was for him to come back, and I'm a human being, I'm, I'm happy to see that. His family was in the crowd. That was really great. But he doesn't look anywhere near ready physically to play NFL football. So I think Allen actually is right now the best guy for, for the, the WFT. So I had to take the points in this kind of clash of ugly games. And it's just some of this Jason Garrett usage, I mean, he's using Evan Ingram as a horizontal threat rather than a vertical threat. I, I don't understand why you would do that. I I don't know. I'm a big Darius Slayton guy. He's uh, We'll talk about DFS picks later. I thought he's a really underpriced option this week. But And you would think, right, Daniel Jones, as poorly as he's played, the schedule's been a big part of that. But then he got Dallas last week and he threw up like eight points. It's like at some point, yes. Daniel Jones, yeah. you better start playing better because your, your team may be in position to get a franchise quarterback next year. You know, the clock is ticking. Alex Smith, 17 surgeries, and he immediately has to get chased around by Aaron Donald by coming in the middle of a game. I mean, just just rough. Uh, and, yeah, Daniel Jones might might be a problem, as much as Chrysalis may not want to admit it. Yeah, it, it could be an issue moving forward. And against this defensive line, it could be a couple more fumbles for sure. I, I'm concerned about him. You're listening to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. It's Wednesday when we tape, Thursday when we release, which means handicapping, which means hopefully some straight cash, homie. And I think I'm going to have a little straight cash homie on the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're only three and a half point favorites against Cleveland. Total is 50 and a half. Maybe I'm chasing a little bit because I've been saying negative things about Mayfield most of the year, but he looked hurt last week, end of that game. I think they're hiding him in this offense. I think the Pittsburgh defense is a major matchup problem. And what is it? I, I know we've all made this point, so it's, it's nothing fresh about this, but what? how do the Steelers know how to draft better than everybody else especially at the receiver position. They're not even using first-round capital, and it's just this parade of Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders and Mike Wallace and Juju, and you know, Dante Johnson was really good last year, and Claypool was was a monster. I mean, maybe just the Eagles can't cover the seam because they've been getting killed by tight ends all year, and, and Claypool is almost like a hybrid tight end, some might argue. But, um, man, they just keep adding talent. Roethlisberger looks good to me. The offensive line is starting to get healthy. Connor is a quality player, maybe not a star. Cleveland's without Chubb. They still have a good running game, of course, and they, have, they still have depth at that position and a decent offensive line. But I don't trust Mayfield. I think he's hurt right now. I think the Steelers still have a home field advantage, and I think they have the better defense. I, Pittsburgh, to me, at three and a half looks like a gift. 
Yeah, unfortunately for you, we're agreeing a lot. I'm with you again here with Pittsburgh. Uh, they also drafted what Emmanuel Sanders, Martavis Bryant. I know he didn't turn out to be a total successful story, but could have been. And as Matt Harmon pointed out uh, on the pod with me recently, it's not just the development, but it's how they deploy the receivers, which has been really smart. And they've just put the players in a good position for success. And it's certainly working out for the re- wide receivers in, in Pitt. And while I don't think that team is, is necessarily perfect and they have their flaws for sure, um, so, and I actually also think Cleveland's much better than I anticipated. They are, they are interesting. Um, yeah, barely over a field goal at home, Pittsburgh here with the banged up Mayfield. Um, yeah, this one points to, to the Steelers. Their, their defense is, uh, is pretty strong and they'll, um, just feel like they'll protect Big Ben a little bit better. So I'm with you. Rank the Steeler wide receivers for fantasy the rest of the season. Oh, it's so difficult. I mean, I was confidently Deontay over Juju confidently, but he keeps getting injured and it's a different injury each week. But I will say Johnson, I guess Juju just because in PPR and then Claypool, I don't want to chase one week. I would say Deontay one, Juju two, Claypool three. What about you? I mean, first of all, I agree with what's not said there, which is that James Washington is just off the map right now. He's going to need somebody else to get hurt. I had a slight preference to Juju, then Claypool, then Johnson, but they're all, they're all so clustered together that you could throw a, a hand towel over these guys. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if any of them ended to be the number one. I'm I'm not trying to take the cheap rule out. I just think that's how close that they're going to be together in my rankings for a while. Yeah, no, no, I agree. They were using Deontay very highly before he went down, but he keeps getting injured. So, I mean, what are you going to do? And obviously Claypool now is a whole nother, uh, it's another situation with him breaking out. So uh, with you, it's fluid. But Juju is like, I believe he has the lowest dot among all receivers in the NFL. Suddenly he has... A little bit less. He definitely has less upside than those other guys as far as like touchdowns and making plays downfield. I like that. I'm not a slave to the combine and, and the workout metrics and everything, but I like that Claypool profiles as an exceptional athlete. And I thought he made a lot of splash plays before last week. I thought he looked good in the Giants game. He had a long touchdown in Pittsburgh's home opener. So it's not like this is the first time he's been heard from. So uh, the rich get richer, man. I, I don't know why drafting is so hard for everybody, but you know the Patriots take Nikhil Harry over A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel. I say this every week. Darius Slayton, on and on it goes. Um, but sure looks like the Pittsburgh Steelers have the cheat code. How did D.K. Metcalf last oh, two know, full Metcalf. rounds? The last pick of the second round? Well, he, run, saw he, him didn't of roots. he didn't run a lot of routes at, at yeah. Ole Miss. They didn't have a great no. quarterback. Of course, they had A.J. Brown on that team too, right? The, the yes. team had a losing record. Even a Dalton Knox, who's who's not a not a bad player at tight end. Yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. They lasted two full rounds, man. That's just want to have a fun. Frustrating. Uh, I, I posted this on my Twitter account Tuesday. Go back and read all the scouting notes of what the negatives were about AJ Brown before the draft, and there was the flimsiest things like he lacks swagger against Alabama, or he he might be more I think for more fast than quick or more quick than fast. I forget what it was, but it's like this is this is why you don't want to draft somebody. Because he didn't show enough swagger against Alabama, really? That's what you're going with? Anyway, I, I look, I don't mean to pick on the draft Knicks because we all get stuff wrong. And, and you know, Bill Belichick's the smartest guy in the NFL the last 30 years. And look how poorly he drafts so often, especially when it comes to wide receivers. Let's get to the, the Baltimore Ravens at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Ravens, man, they're the ultimate bullies, right? I mean, they don't always stand up against the best teams, but you, you give them a patsy and it seems like they, they run all over them handled Washington pretty easily two weeks ago, and they were all over Cincinnati last week. Spotting 7.5 at the Eagles. The total is 47.5. What are you doing, Ravens-Eagles? 
real quickly talking about draft picks, man, I, I, everyone had me convinced that Justin Herbert was a terrible pick, and now he looks like uh, it's pretty good, huh? I mean, yeah, he looks all right. Um, so this one, I get a feeling you will disagree with me. Like it's not a P and L pick, but I decided to lay the points on the road here because I think they are going to bully this Eagles team uh, with Wentz. Uh, I know that the offense has not been as good, Baltimore, especially passing this season, but I think they get on track and they bully this Eagles team. But I definitely get the feeling that you will take the home dog here. Not with any conviction, not with any anything in my wallet, but I did take the Eagles because I thought, look, they beat San Francisco. I still don't think San Francisco is a lost cause. I know, I know they have a lot of problems right now and a lot of injuries, but they did beat the Niners. And then I thought they were competitive in that Pittsburgh game. They, I thought they probably should have covered. I mean, the Claypool got the late, late touchdown when Pittsburgh didn't even really need to go for a touchdown. They just needed to hold the ball. Of course, the coverage, total coverage bust. As much as I like Claypool, man, he was wide open on some of those plays. But do you think there's any staying power to this guy, Fulgham, who was waived by so many teams? I mean, the Lions didn't want him. The Packers didn't want him. The Eagles actually cut him before they brought him back to the practice squad. They've had so many cluster injuries at wide receiver. It seems like I don't think Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are ever going to be fantasy trustable again. It's just sad to me to watch what Zach Ertz is going through. Do you think Fulgham has any fantasy staying power? I Well, I'm not sure about long-term, but I think he could be very, very valuable in the short term. I mean, not only Jeffrey and Jackson banged up, but Greg Ward, whatever, he's you know just short, intermediate stuff, and Zach Ertz looks completely washed to me. Uh, Hightower got a ton of air yards last week and did nothing with him. So, yeah, I kind of like Fulgham. The Philly D's not quite as good. Um, I know Wentz has been inaccurate, but his situation, I mean, you look at the – the target share last week kind of jumped off the page. So, yes, I, I'm, I'm into him short term. I don't know how long. I mean, maybe – I I mean, really, what is Jeffrey and Jeff? Oh, Rieger's going to come back too. Is a Eventually. But in the next month – Yeah, it might – yeah, he might even have to do so well over the next month he's going to be the guy. But, yeah, actually, Fulgham is a guy – I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh, the, the better fantasy player moving forward than Claypool, actually. That wouldn't be shocking just given their situations. Yeah, he – I think Fulgham – I still haven't made my bids this week, but I think he's going to be – a priority guy for me. I, I mean, I would. I don't really know what to do with Claypool because I feel like if you don't two hand shove, you're just not going to get him. And, and he's totally. even owned in some of my leagues. But totally. still trying to figure out what goes on with that. And I know we're in that twenty team super league. Nobody picked up Fulgham before week five. Oh, I wow. feel foolish for missing out on that because I mean he did have that nice touchdown catch in the giant in the uh, Niners yeah. game. I mean, anybody with a pulse in that league is valuable. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I thought I needed an extra defense. So <laughs> say what you want about me, I am four and one though. Anyway, Cincinnati at Indianapolis. It's hard to watch Joe Burrow just getting the crap kicked out of him every week. Colts, we know they have a really good defense. It wasn't maybe at its best in that loss to Cleveland, but they're seven and a half point favorites over the Bengals this week. Total is 46 and a half. Can the Bengals hang with the Indianapolis Colts? Man, as much as I do root for Joe Burrow, um, I think he's going to get blown out here. I, I lay the wood here. We consider them in Survivor. The I know that Philip Rivers has his problems, but I don't think he's going to need to do much in this game. And that defense is for real. And I think Taylor maybe scores a couple touchdowns to ease fantasy managers' minds. So I like the Colts and the points here. I think Taylor's a buy low because he hasn't been getting he's been getting usage, but not crazy usage. Yeah, him and CEH, I think both the rookies are by lows. Um, I, I'm surprised that Taylor's not getting the dump-offs I thought he would get. I know he hasn't been, wasn't a great receiver in Wisconsin, but I thought uh, just being Rivers' running back would lead to more receptions. It hasn't happened yet. But, yeah, I think they're him and CEH are both by lows, I think. Well, well when, he, when Taylor got the six catches week one and then Matt got hurt, it just seemed like, okay, here we go. He's going to be yeah. a, a guy. Now, we know that they want to use Hines some of the time and – you know, Reich likes to have some a, a backfield a backfield platoon on some level, but 
I think there's been a really inconsistent single with a uh, signal with Taylor's usage, and uh, it, it's hard to reconcile. It's also not that Rivers played that poorly in the first four weeks. I thought he played very poorly last week, telegraphed that pick six, but I can't trust any of the receivers. I don't want to play Hilton. I don't think Pascal is is maybe the volume is trustable week to week. There's so many tight ends that they throw to. I mean, Allie Cox has all these great metrics, but he never gets enough snaps or targets to really confidently play him. They want to throw some to Trey Burton. Jack Doyle's on the field some of the time. It's really difficult to invest yourself in this Colts passing game. That is definitely true. I was wrong about Pascal last week. Uh, didn't come through in a nice matchup for the slot. They still tried to force feed Hilton, and he's right there with A.J. Green and Ertz looking washed up. So I just don't think that'll be required this game. I think this could be the same spread even if they were flipped in, in Cincinnati. I think their defense is just another class here, and they're going to bully the Bengals big time here. That's that's how I lean in here. Interesting to point out from a uh, note from producer Ragu that the, the game actually opened at 9.5, and, and it's come down to 7.5. So there's been know. some Bengals money. I will say this for the Bengals. I mean, I, I don't like their offensive line at all. And I feel like Burrow taking way too many hits. Their defense hasn't been that bad. Yep, that's true. So maybe no, they, that, is true. that is true. Maybe they can keep that competitive. Well, the, the Broncos and Patriots, this has been on the schedule for a while. They're probably going to play it in week <laughs> six. And maybe Drew Locke's back, which, which would be nice. I don't think anybody's really pining to see another rip and start. Melvin Gordon, after a, a DUI arrest on Tuesday, not sure what Vic Fangio will do. Generally, the NFL will hold off on these things and let them play off legally. So I don't, I don't think a league suspension is probably in play, but you know, maybe the Broncos will do something. And it seems like they're, they're ready to get back. Um, I'm flaking on their back. Uh, Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay should be available in this game. So maybe it's a good spot if you're desperate to, to get Lindsay fired up. Patriots seem like they think Cam Newton's going to be ready to go. They're spotting nine and a half in this game, and the total is 46 and a half. What are you doing with the Broncos and Pats? I mean, this is what, how can you have any conviction here with so much uncertainty in both quarterbacks? Uh, but I, I laid the points in, in the Patriots. Uh, less than 10. It's one of those screaming, get a teaser under three there, um, expecting Cam Newton to return. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning Patriots. But, I mean, this is a game of uncertainty here. I took the Broncos, but I, I hated doing it. I mean, when in doubt, Belichick is such a cover machine that it yeah. – if you, you I mean, what you, you cover like sixty two percent of the time, if you just blindly follow him during this era, he had him competitive against Mahomes and the Chiefs with Hoyer and Stidham playing. I mean, it's crazy the coaching. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. it's funny the last time they, the last two times they played the Chiefs, I think it's the last two times of the NFC, the AFC Championship game, and then this last game a couple of weeks ago. It's been the same story where they've confused Mahomes for a half, and then the second half the Chiefs have figured it out and done whatever they wanted. Now. Belichick loves to sink his teeth into inexperience at quarterback. And when you throw him a quarterback who isn't ready for prime time, they seem to eat his lunch. But New England's missing so much personnel on their defense. They had all the objects before the season. Now now they have you know, one of the McCordys is, is on the COVID list last I checked. So I don't think this is the same New England defense personnel-wise. No, it's definitely not. Um, I'm just banking on the coaching and this uncertainty. Whoever's playing quarterback at Denver, there's a lot of injuries there. Um, it is a lot of points, though. But, um, yeah, I'm uh, back in Belichick here. Speaking of a lot of points, Miami, fresh off a of dismantling of your San Francisco football team, they're back home and they're nine-and-a-half-point favorites. I believe this is the first time they've been favored by more than a touchdown since 2016. What a job with Brian Flores. Those guys always play hard. They don't always win. They don't always cover. But, I mean, I feel like you get a fair race out of Miami every week. And what is there left to be said with the Jets? They've, they've gotten rid of Le'Veon Bell. 
Darnold's not ready to play yet, so we got more Flacco. Gase is keeping the the play calling. Why mess up a good thing, right? The Jets are one of the few teams in the league that hasn't covered yet. They're not just 0-5, but they haven't covered in any week. And I feel it's not like they're like losing on backdoor covers at the end of the game. I mean, if you have a Jets ticket, it's ripped up an hour and a half into the game. You know you're screwed. Other than Jamison Crowder going off every week he plays, he's a wide receiver three in, in points per game, which is an amazing story. But um, I, th- I think I took the Jets, which just makes me hate life. But the, the spread's so big. And I, I Miami, I just don't think they're good enough to lay this kind of number. What are you doing with the Jets and Dolphins? Yeah, I know it's it's crazy, but I'm the sucker laying the, the number here. I know it seems weird with nine and a half points to the Dolphins and Fitzpatrick, and maybe I'm buying high off their performance last week. But I also said it last week that I'm treating the Jets as a team not meeting the NFL threshold right now. I, I, I laid a seven and a half points with Arizona on the, the road last week, and I don't think Arizona is particularly good. Um, and Flacco getting another start here. Miami's defense is not bad. They're like ranked 10th in pass defense DVOA. Their run defense is terrible. But what, Frank Gore is going to take advantage of that? I mean, the, they were missing Byron Jones until last week as well, too. They can get to the quarterback. Um, I know the Niners have their problems, but um, I think Dolphins are actually pretty good. And I ranked their defense like fourth or maybe even third or something this week. So uh, I, I'm actually going to lay the points and would use them in Survivor. Yeah, it's a hard year to get quality uh, DST streaming. I, th- I think it used to be, okay, defensive streamer, I could probably give you eight guys I like. And th- this year, there's so few offenses that are a mess, and there's a lot. every defense seems like it has something wrong with it. So, you know, the Miami is – we're at the point now where you have to look at the Jets' schedule ahead of time, and you have to try to be a week ahead, you know, two weeks ahead, and and see if you can pick on teams. Uh, you know, get – it. I know it sounds crazy to hold two defenses or to hold a defense through a bye, but the Jets are such an appealing matchup, especially when they're playing Flacco. That I think that's a, a prudent way to go. Uh, the Packers are at Tampa Bay, and we've seen a lot of line movement in this game. The look-ahead line had Tampa as a minus one-and-a-half-point favorite. Brady, the the famous you know, kind of meltdown at the end of that Chicago game, he's holding up the four fingers, fill in your own meme here. And now Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, you know, these – screw you everybody you know we want to draft my replacement go ahead he's not playing he's he's out of his mind right now i I think as much as russell wilson's the runaway mvp favorite i think rivers is right there rivers rogers is right there to make a run aaron jones had a nice season they've done it without Devontae adams big bob tanyan is is a monster they finally found a tight end packers two and a half point favorites the totals 53 and a half i don't like road favorites i'm gonna lay the wood here though with the packers what say you I'm taking Tampa Bay here. I've faded uh, Brady and the Bucks for most of the year. I thought their, their lines have opened, just treating them like a, a, an elite team. And you know what? Maybe they were borderline elite. They're number two defense in DVOA behind the Colts. They're playing fantastic. Uh, the, the concern is, is Mike Evans compromised and no Chris Godwin. Um, but Ronald Jones looks really good to me in between some, some mistakes here and there, of course. Uh, he just looks like LeGarrette Blunt 2.0 and number 27 on the Bucks looks really good. Who knows if Lenny Fournette's going to now make that a make that a, a mess for fantasy managers? But getting the, I like the line movement there, the, the better defense. I guess Aaron Rodgers on the road, he he'll, it doesn't matter as much, and he draws all the offsides there without the crowd. Um, but I like the defense and Brady coming off that uh, that loss, and uh, I, I I do know that Tam- I mean that Green Bay looks like one of the best teams in football, but their defense hasn't quite been elite either. So give me the home dog. The scary thing for me is that there isn't one Tampa Bay pass catcher I feel like you can really strongly endorse right now. I mean, you'll have to play 
Evans. He has too much touchdown equity, but he's not playing that well otherwise. Godwin's hurt. Evans has been through injuries. Gronkowski looks like he's 37 years old. O.J. Howard's hurt. They've never really unlocked that guy anyway. You know, Cameron Brait, you know, maybe if you play him, you're hoping for 35 yards and a touchdown. I don't see that there's a lot of upside there. You mentioned Jones. He's had a lot of problems with pits, with blitz pickup, with, with dropping passes. And Brady hasn't been sharp. So what what is it? I mean, Jones is running the ball well, but what else in this offense do you really feel you can hang your hat on? Brady, well, Brady has been okay. I mean, I'm the guy who's down on him, but I think he's been all right. Um, throwing the deep ball a little better than expected. Uh, he has thrown some some bad pl- bad plays as well. Um, I think their defense is going to be good enough. I mean, Green Bay right now, um, I don't whatever. Don't love DVOA. They're literally 29th their defense. I mean, they're fourth to last in defense. That's pretty bad. I mean, that's 25th against the pass and 25th against the run. I mean, that's. For, for a team that's considered Super Bowl contenders, you don't usually see, you know, quibble with DVO all, all you want, but that's treating it like one of the real, truly bad defenses. Well, I actually think DVOA is a really useful tool. At least it's useful in, like, I think war is useful. I think quarterback rating has some value, even though people love to dump on it. It's a good back-of-envelope metric that okay. should lead you into a deeper conversation. You know, don't take okay. war as a answer key. Don't take DVOA as an answer key, but it's a good first start as you dig into what a value of a team is. I just don't want to go against Rodgers when he's in the form that he is. It sounds like Adams is going to be back. And so I, I just want the quarterback. When you have a quarterback who's playing at such a higher level than his opponent, I feel like it's a good spot to be in. Rodgers is balling, and I had no, I did not see this coming. No, at this God. stage of his career and after the two draft picks they made, I mean, it's hilarious that it, it, it's, if it really did like motivate him or whatever. But, man, and this is without Devontae Adams, too. I mean, really. And even without Lazard, who was starting to pop, yep. Yes. Right? Yes, right. Good point. Yeah, yeah. big big Bob Tanya, man. Five touchdowns. Uh, that guy's I, – I think he's cut all but one of his targets. I mean, he passing the eye test, passing the stat test, and you know we love those touchdowns from our tight ends. The Sunday so, night game. So if he goes into Tampa Bay with the number 29th-ranked DVOA to the number two-ranked Tampa Bay D- DVOA and wins, man, I mean, he's right there. He's got himself a real MVP argument, Aaron Rodgers, if he wins this week. So um, refresh me on the NFL broadcast rules. It's week six. It's too early to flex the 49ers out of a Sunday night huh. game, right? I bl- yes, unfortunately, <laughs> okay. it is. So we're stuck with it. We're stuck with the Rams at the 49ers. Look, I don't, I don't want to be unfair. Jimmy Garoppolo was obviously couldn't plant on his ankle. I think his removal last week was more for his own safety than a benching. It's like they knew the game was out the window. Why risk further injury? Uh, the Rams on the road are the three and a half point favorites, and it's funny. I mean, you know, they didn't finish the job against Buffalo, but what what else have they really done wrong this year? I, I know some of it's been beating up on bad teams, but that's part of being a good team. Again, they're three and a half point favorites on the road at San Fran. It's a fifty one and a half total. They're hoping that that Jimmy G will, will get some full practices in this week and be able to start. I mean, we know what a drop down it is to Mullins and into. Um, to Beathard. I mean, they Beathard. really need a healthy Garoppolo if they're going to go anywhere. What are you doing with the Rams and Niners? It sounds like Garoppolo is going to start and he didn't suffer any setbacks. But I just question if he wasn't, if he, just looked, he looked compromised from the beginning. Like, why was he out there to begin with if he looked, if he was that bad in the first half? And all the stats, just the advanced stats show his passes were just beyond comically inaccurate. So, not sure how healthy he is. Obviously, the, the rest of the team, including the secondary, just devastated him. They played this Allen guy who was uh, promoted from the practice squad Saturday night, and he was picked on relentlessly by a Preston Williams who couldn't do anything 
against a Seattle defense that had been torched by all wide receivers the week before. It's bad otherwise. I have the Rams uh, covering this spread against my 49ers. They've allowed the second fewest yards per play this season. Defense has shown up. I mean, McVay's turned run heavy, but it's it's kind of working. So, um, yeah, I think uh, my 49ers are in trouble, unfortunately. Are we at the point where Debo's a plug-and-play, or do you still need to see maybe a show-me game? Oh, I need a show-me game there for sure. With Ayuk and the way Garoppolo's health and all that, I, I would definitely prefer to show-me game for both those guys. Yeah, I have Debo's my 44th receiver this week. Yeah, It's I, been surprising that Kittle, he had the monster game against Philadelphia, but his other two games this year, tight end 15, tight end 17, obviously injuries to him, injuries to quarterbacks have played into it. But that contrasts to, by the way, I'm taking the Niners to this game, just the desperate animal, and I have so much respect for Shanahan, but it's, it's a hold-your-nose pick. It's just funny to see Kittle kind of all over the map. It's, there's a lot of circumstances playing into that because then we get to the Chiefs at Buffalo. And Kittle, I believe it's tight end one, tight end four, tight end five, tight end five, tight end eight. He's never been worse than tight end eight all season. And what a advantage. I don't think I have Kittle anywhere. Not that I don't like the guy, but I, I just thought, okay, I'll play the value game at tight end. What an advantage to have a player who just never seems to have an off week. Uh, the Chiefs are spotting four in this game. The line's gone up after Buffalo's very disappointing loss at Tennessee. The total, pretty high, 57 and a half. This was originally going to be the Thursday night game. Now it's a Monday midday game. What are you making of Kansas City and Buffalo? One thing about Kittle is he did leave. Well, he didn't leave the game at halftime, but he suffered that injury against the Cardinals in the second quarter, and he was just not the same sure. afterward. But one thing is Mullins targets him like crazy. Like uh, more than ten targets per game when he's when he's started, and he's now the number three quarterback of the of the Niners. So I mean, yeah, I mean that's not great as far as far as Kittle. You'd rather Mullins be the quarterback if you're a Kittle fantasy manager. Um, I so the spread is four now. I wasn't exactly sure it opened up round three ish, but that makes sense to 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 go there. I uh, I have the Chiefs in this game. They have the number two pass defense DVOA, which is really really interesting there. Um, but this is, I don't feel strong in this game at all. I mean, these are two teams that you want to buy low, right? That are going to bounce back. I mean, maybe the smart move is just to take the points. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Would, is tell that, me which update, is that TVA here. updated? Cause the last thing I saw was, was Derek Carr doing whatever he wanted against Kansas City. Yeah, I know. I know that is crazy, isn't it? Uh, let me see to make sure I didn't get that, uh, that wrong there. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs. The uh, number two, it is updated through week okay. five. I, I actually think Spagnuolo's done a nice job yeah. with that defense, but. And yeah. maybe they just didn't expect Carr to air it out because the, the book on Carr usually is that he doesn't throw the ball down the field, that he wants to play conservative. He's got a little bit of that Alex Smith gene. I'm just going to play to you know, my quarterback rating, and I, I don't want to take chances. I don't want negative plays. And it, it was encouraging to see him let it rip. Um, you know, Buffalo, i got to take the loss on Stephon Diggs. Um, this guy, I thought it would take a while for him and Josh Allen to be comfortable, like a year. It took like 10 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, no, me too. I'm always worried about the, the receivers switching teams, even DeAndre Hopkins immediately. Maybe I think your uh, Mike Selfino even brought up follow the money, kind of with uh, Robbie Anderson. He brought up too. I've heard him bring up that point. And maybe maybe we got to look at that more because those are three just glaring examples. And I faded all three much to my detriment because I'm with you, Stephon Diggs. I'm ranking just aggressively every week, like fifth or sixth, without especially with the banged up John Brown. Um, totally. But yeah, that makes me even more frustrated that you point that out. Yes, my survivor pick, Chiefs, 14-point favorites. Number two ranked uh, past even DVOA getting just ripped to shreds by Derek Carr. And, and who would have thought the Henry Ruggs being active was uh, such a difference? I did take the Chiefs in this game. I think they're going to win. If you think they're going to win, you shouldn't worry about the four points. Buffalo on a short work week. 
And I, I think the Chiefs defense, as you point out with the DVOA ranking, I think last week was an anomaly. They'll, they'll be more challenged by Allen and the pieces that he has. And obviously Allen is such a good resourceful runner that you have to deal with that too. But I'm going to give Kansas City a bounce back game. And that's uh, where I'm going to put my pick in week six. Now you mentioned the Chiefs, their survivor loss last week. I, I just feel sheepishly lucky that Dallas somehow got past the Giants because that looked like a burn ticket the whole day. I mean, look at what could be said. Dak Prescott was on pace to obliterate all sorts of NFL records. This is a really fun, if flawed, Dallas team. Let's talk about the uh, the PBI on on Andy Dalton, the, the P&L backup index of, of what percentage of the offense do you think effect, effectiveness from 1 to 100 do you think Dalton can – can maintain with the Cowboys. Arizona, I should mention, is a two and a half point favorite at Dallas. It's the 54 and a half over under. But give me a percentage. How good is this Dallas offense with Dalton taking over for Prescott? Oh, that's a good one. I'll say 90% would be my Wow. Guess. Okay. I, I, what, what do you think? I was leaning more something like 80%, but I still think that comes off as maybe ahead of the Dalton market. I think I think he's going to be. Look, he ended up winning record in Cincinnati. He went to the playoffs four times. He he one year was the quarterback five. I I think when things really went bad for him at the end of his tenure there and people couldn't wait to get rid of Marvin Lewis and the offensive line was awful, I think it became this idea that Andy Dalton was a stiff, was a bad quarterback. I think he was always a solid player who took a step back when his surroundings and supporting cast collapsed. I, I think he was one of the actually one of the better backups in the league. And Dallas is one of the few teams that can put in a guy who you could imagine being successful. I I, I could see him being a top 12 quarterback the rest of the way. Now, that's partly because the pieces are so good. But I think Andy Dalton is a decent, is a decent player. A couple of things. 80% is probably a better answer. It is, and I should I would probably say that if I had to, to do over. But um, I don't think, and, I, and also I want to be clear, I'm not saying that I think Andy Dalton's just 10% worse than Dak Prescott. I think his like efficiency, his YPA would be a bigger drop off for the Cowboys. But fantasy wise, I think the numbers are going to be a reasonable facsimile just because of the carnival show. Just the setup is so, so good there with their defense and the weapons. And uh, to, to further that point, I made the Cowboys my best bet this week. Um, oh, that's just the most crazy line. They're, they're treating Dak Prescott as how many points? They're two and a half point underdogs at home to this Cardinals team. Like that, that is wild to me. So no, I, I have the Cowboys as my best bet. Andy Dalton is my sixth rated quarterback this week. And I think the Cowboys are going to be just fine fantasy wise, certainly this week. I think there's some conventional wisdom that Dallas will pull back on the offense and want to rely on Zeke. But they don't have the offensive line to do that anymore. When your offensive line struggles, it's a lot easier to mask it in pass protection than it is with the run. If the offensive lines, this is straight out of the football outsiders handbook, offensive lines are probably more important to the running game than we realize and less important to pass protection than we realize. A lot of times sacks are a quarterback stat. Man, Lamb has looked terrific. It was encouraging to see Dalton and, and Gallup hook up a couple of times on that last draft, on that last drive that that won the game. Against the Giants, Cooper is obviously a very good player, albeit Bradbury did a good job locking him up in week five. Schultz is a quality tight end. The two backs in Dallas can catch the ball. You just hope that the defense doesn't allow 40 to, to Arizona because they certainly could. But I could only take Dallas in this game. So before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit of DFS. Uh, one of our favorite ways to play fantasy. And if your team, you know, if you're, you got the bye week blues. You got the injury blues. You can always start from scratch and and build your DFS juggernaut. Uh, Dalton, give us one of your favorite picks for the week six DFS slate. 
Yeah, I'm liking Miles Gaskin for just $18 on Yahoo DFS. Jordan Howard was a healthy scratch last week. As I mentioned, I have Miami's defense ranked as my fourth best D of the week as big home favorites against the Jets. I like that game script set up for Miles Gaskin then. So, uh, I mean, he catches the ball. Maybe he's not a special real-life player, but, man, the volume's there. That offense, Frank Fitzpatrick getting it done. So I like Gaskin at that price. I love that pick. And, and also remember the correlation that if you believe in the defense – it would be reasonable to play Gaskin and the Dolphins defense on a lot of teams because those they can often score in tandem for fantasy purposes. And you think game script, which is what we're looking for from a running back, what we're looking for from a DST. And the problem with Gaskin the last few weeks was that you weren't sure if he'd ever get the touchdowns because they were farming in Howard for the cheap ones. But Howard you know, didn't even play last week. So now there's a lot more touchdown equity with Gaskin. If you hadn't put his name down, he would have been somebody I would have mentioned I think Alexander Madison at 14, it's just like a free square pick. Everybody knows he's mispriced because, you know, the cook injury came out of nowhere. So I, I think it's almost a question of you may even want to fade him in some leagues. If you just want to, you, you think your pool might be 60% Madison or something like that. But when you see a guy that good, that cheap, he certainly grabs your attention. I think Darius Slayton at 13 bucks makes a lot of sense. Went over a hundred last week, had a touchdown called back by a very ticky tack pass interference call a pick play. I, I think he's a special talent. And for what I, you know, Daniel Jones is a hard guy for me to trust, but um, I slate the 13, give me that. If you want to punt a tight end, Trey Burton's at 10 bucks. He will probably get five to seven targets. I, I'm not sure if Irv Smith is the minimum, but he had kind of a breakout game last week. And now they're playing a Falcons team that gives it away. You don't really know. You, you fear that Minnesota might throw 25 passes, but if you're t- if you're desperate at tight end, I think Irv Smith, who last I checked was like six percent rostered in Yahoo, I think she makes a lot of sense this week. Uh, Dalton, give us a big name that you don't want to play in week six. Love those picks, P and L. Yeah, Madison's my third running back this mm-hmm. week, so yeah, at fourteen there. And, it's obvious, and, still, but no, but still, yeah. And Darius Slayton, uh, man, you look at the nerd stats; he's just getting tre- he's getting the volume is like a top ten wide receiver without Sterling Shepard, and at just thirteen dollars. Love it. Um, I will avoid Devontae Adams at 36. The next receiver, I believe, is 31. We don't know how healthy he is. And as I already laid out here, I'm all in on these uh, the Bucks uh, defense showing up this week. So I might as well keep with the theme and avoid Devon, uh, banged up Devontae Adams. Yeah, th- even though I did pick the Packers in that game, I actually, my fade is from the Packers too. Aaron Jones at 40, just a little bit bloated on the price. Tampa Bay really shuts down the run. And even though Jones is a quality receiver, they don't always force feed him in the passing game. Sometimes it's Jamal Williams. They're, they're going to have um, Adams back in this game, which will just take away some targets. Tanyan's become a multi-feed in this offense. Rodgers is even a resourceful runner. So you know, you'll play Jones in seasonal, but I just thought $40 for DFS didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, by the way, Laz is, of course, on it. Has Miami priced as a top five fantasy defense? Yeah, season. Michael Lazarus, our, our man, our engineering czar of the Yahoo DFS game and a heck of a nice guy and a really good fantasy player. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's one of my favorite follows. So Dalton, uh, as we're in the middle of this week, a little bit different, right? The bids are a week later. Um, We don't have a Thursday game. Uh, Let our listeners know what you're working on this week. Yeah, check out my sit-start column on Friday, and uh, please uh, root for the Rays for me, man. I got a futures bet on the Tampa mm. Bay Rays, so I'm really into them right now. Right now, so you'll be all about that has- hedge. You'll be all about that hedge life in about four or five days. Hopefully, don't jinx me here. Hopefully, these always age poorly. These uh, the podcasts, but yeah, go Rays. 
And I hope you get a chance to check out my shuffle up on the wide receivers, which posted on Tuesdays. So you were always trying to figure out where the season is going. The whole idea, I'm not ranking them by, you know, who's number one in points right now. I'm trying to figure out where the puck is headed. So if you need to recalibrate your wide receiver board, I posted that Tuesday night. Please check that out. And if you're a podcast person, come to the right place. The Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson and Therese Paler is, is excellent. Uh, two colleagues that we we love and we actually play fantasy with. Um, we're in a 20-team league with those guys. They do talk a lot of fantasy on that show as well. And if you're into college sports, you know, big comeback. They're, they're getting college football off the ground. I mean, obviously the SEC is playing. The Big 12 is playing. The Big 10 isn't that far away. And there's going to be a college basketball season. So uh, Dan Wetzel... Pete Thamel, our old friend Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated, they've been doing a, a great program. They have wonderful chemistry and they're just one of the best college podcasts you could ever want to listen to. And of course, we do this show, this Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast five times a week, a couple of episodes with me, a couple of episodes with Dalton, you know, Liz, Andy, Matt, you know, pick mix and match, pick your favorites, kind of like planters, right? You know, sometimes you have to get the mixed nuts. Sometimes you have to get the cashews. I'm all about the Minshews. I'm all about the cashews. And we want to thank our sponsors of this program. Thank Planters. Thank our friends at BetMGM. Tomorrow, it's Andy and Liz. They're doing the week six preview. Give you everything you need to know as you make your final decisions. For Dalton Del Don, for our producer, Ragu, keeping us on the air and sounding great. I am Scott Pianowski. Straight cash, homie. We will talk to you next week. Cash some tickets. It's no secret that our world has been interrupted. A World Interrupted is a daily podcast telling stories of coronavirus and its impact on the economy. We want to cover the issues in the macro, global economics, the stock market, and our political climate. We'll also cover the micro stories, maybe the ones you don't hear as much about in the news or the media. We hope you'll listen and be a part of the journey. So subscribe today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.